0: Praise God for strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might, put on the full armor of God so that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. <sighs> <laughs> I'm starting there because that's as encouraging as we're going to get today. <laughs> yeah, it's a doozy today. And I say we because I'm over here. And Lou is over there. Hey there. And we're here to tell you that only God can rightly order his creation. Which...
1: Seems seems like it would go without saying, but, but...
0: Am I the only person who keeps finding themselves lately, like, reading things that should be obvious from scripture and going, duh, and yet I look at the world going, they didn't hear the duh part. They didn't hear the duh part. What are we doing? So, all right. What are we talking about? Well, we're talking about... Pick your doctrine today. I almost didn't even know what to title this, and when you see this before you watch it, before you watch before you listen to it, you'll know what I finally decided on. Is this family? Is this ecclesiology? Is this discipleship? I I, I haven't decided quite yet. Mm. Well, let's let's start with family, which is Ephesians 6, which I read you I read you from the encouraging part, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Go back to the beginning, though. Because this is gonna serve as our foundation. This is going to be very important. Again. You know the verses here. I And this is, you know, okay, complete timeout. This is like my third reset since we've started. And what are we, a minute and a half in? Oh, I'm good. Almost exactly a minute and a half in. I have had this conversation with somebody this week. Okay. It is not enough to know the Bible verses. It is not enough to listen to people walk through the Bible verses. You need to understand the principles being communicated by Bible verses so that you may then apply the principles therein. A- am I making sense here? Yeah, I mean, you're hitting it right on. I, mean, I, will, I will give you a quick example of what I'm talking about. Like, this will be super fast because this is the exact conversation. Is um, somebody was asking me, since I'm preaching through James on Sunday mornings, so there's your plug, listen for the Sunday morning stuff. It's on James, it'll do you good. Um, somebody was listening to someone else teach in James, and some of the stuff that they were going through, and they were, the section about, um, do not, uh, oh shoot, my brain just stopped working, Uh, don't make an oath, let your yes be yes, and your no be no, and the whole sermon was about why you need to be careful about the oaths that you take, and the sin of oath taking, they, they missed the point, now should you be careful in taking an oath? Well, yeah, Yeah. but if you want to talk about that, go back to chapter 2 where James tells you to be slow to speak and quick to hear. That's the principle that's at work there. The principle at work in the later chapter is one that, as your life is built upon Christ, your life is one that is built on truth. The oath-taking is unnecessary because your life in Christ is a life of veracity. There's your big word for the day. You can look that one up. Uh, Your life is one of truthfulness and faithfulness so that you don't have to worry about any oaths. Now, did anything that the person say, was it wrong? No. It just wasn't built upon the principle in the passage they were preaching from. And that, my friends, is excellent Baptist alliteration right there. (laughs) (laughs) Priorities here. Priorities. Now, why do I make a big deal about that? Well, because if you're not actually understanding the principles that are at play, I'm going to continue this. Which, by the way, completely unrelated to anything. Will you press that M3 button real quick just to make sure nothing bad happens today. There we go. That protects our sound system a little bit. <laughs> if you're not understanding the principles that are at play, then you are going to try and apply the Bible verse directly. Sometimes that works tremendously well. Sometimes that is a complete and utter train wreck. How do you know the difference? By understanding the principles that the commands are based upon. Am I making sense now?
1: Absolutely.
0: Okay. <laughs> well,
1: yeah, there are other principles of hermeneutics. Um, yes, but this is a basic one I want make sure we basic, cover. This
0: is the basic, yeah. That we don't want to just take the command straight away. Because sometimes you can. Right. But you can because the principle applies equally now as it did then. So... Like the commands about hair and makeup and jewelry, different cultures, different contexts, different meanings. But the principle of godliness that undergirds it should remain the same. That's going to be very important because if you don't think through that, then what we talk about today isn't going to make any sense.
1: I think you 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 hit right on it, and and maybe maybe it was too subtle, but let's just bring that out a little bit. Uh, You said the cultures that it came from, right? Mm So. Uh, we come from a Western culture. Yes. And so that's why you're, you're, you're saying that we need to understand these principles first. Yes. Because it was written to a different kind of people.
0: Those people from a different in culture. that time. In that time. But the godly foundation is unshaken and unmoved and unchanged. Right. So I think, like, we talked about this sometime, was it last year? Talk about life really running together. Mm-hmm. Like, why don't I run around in a miniskirt? Oh,
1: my. Guys.
0: There's some mace for your mind's eye right there. (laughs) Come on, I have nice legs.
1: (laughs) It's the scruffy beard that you can't can't get past. Yeah, it's
0: the stubble in the skirt that doesn't quite make it match, does it? No, but I mean if I was running around in a plaid skirt, you'd be like, That's weird. Why is it weird? Because I'm not Scottish. Now, were I Scottish or of Scottish descent and I was running around in a plaid skirt, you would say what heritage are we honoring or, you know, what's going on? Is there a family reunion? You would have a reasonable question because were I of Scottish descent or just a Scotsman, then that would not be unusual because in that culture, that is a standard dress. But if I'm running around in a plaid skirt, like, why do you think you're Britney Spears today? what's what's gone wrong in the world today that you want to dress like a woman
1: oops you did it again
0: yes Mm -hmm. i made you believe (laughs) (laughs) got lost in the game (laughs) (laughs) it's a scientifically confirmed fact that if you are throwing live bp to a high school baseball team and you sing oops i did it again that they can't hit anything not that I have ever actually done that.
1: <laughs> but it is proven.
0: But yeah, while, while throwing live batting practice to some of my best hitters, just start singing Britney Spears songs. They can't hit a thing. She's <laughs> busy laughing. Mm. <laughs> so, all right. With all of these weird caveats and talks about skirts, what, we're trying, what, what, what I'm trying to get at and why this is important is because you don't just take the command at face value all the time. You need to actually do the work of undergirding your life on principles, and this is why. Is there a command in Scripture for every situation you will ever possibly encounter? Well, a direct maybe not, command, maybe not specifically. No,
1: no, maybe not specifically. But and
0: that becomes a danger when you try to live your life according to a set of, commanded, uh, of a set of listed commands. However, is there a situation in which biblical principles would not be applicable?
1: I don't. I can't think of one.
0: I would agree with you, yeah. which is why understanding the applicable principle is just as important, if not more important, than understanding the direct command. Because sometimes the direct command is very applicable, and sometimes you're going, I don't know what to do with this. S- but the principle is always appropriate.
1: Right, and and understanding the culture and the context is also uh, uh, critical. Because uh, you could read the scriptures and basically make it say whatever you want it to say if you're taking it out of context.
0: Agreed. And,
1: and you know, that that's that's one of the key principles of understanding how to tease out the principle um, to apply to your life. You can't just, some, like you said, face value. Sometimes you can't take it for face value. You have to understand what you're reading first.
0: So let's do that and make sure we actually get to the principles behind this little four-verse section that we have today, okay? Yeah. Go all the way back to the beginning of Ephesians 6, in case you've forgotten and you're following along at home. Children, okay, you know who they are. Mm-hmm. Obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Now, we have to do a full stop right here, because there are principles at play um, present in this uh, particular, uh, okay, I'm out of peace, sorry. <laughs> okay, let's have some fun, you ready? Obey your parents in the Lord. What in the world does that mean? Because I think you can apply this based on Paul's principles as he has gone through this letter. When should you, when should you follow Paul, Christian?
1: When he's following Christ.
0: When should you unquestioningly follow your parents? The exact
1: same answer.
0: But what if Paul's not following Christ?
1: Well, then you don't follow him.
0: What if your parents aren't following Christ?
1: Well, you, you still have to honor them without compromising your faith.
0: Now, that's difficult. Yeah. Now, I'm not going to argue and say that's easy in any shape, form, or fashion. Well, definitely not. But you understand why the principle here is much more important than just the command. Obey your parents and the Lord for this is right. Well, yeah, but what if my parents are asking me to sin or demanding that I sin? Right. I might have to deal with some consequences here. Mm-hmm. I, might, I might have to work on some stuff. I may have to have some conversations that are difficult. I might have to stand firm for the faith. This is complicated. Now, what if my parents are actually trying to lead me in godliness and disciple me like they're supposed to be?
1: Then you should then I not, not only do
0: I have a should, I have an obligation. Yeah. An obligation to who? To God. An obligation to God to follow mm-hmm. in a godly manner. Mm. So this—you want to eliminate a lot of strife in your problems? Follow Jesus. <laughs> or in your, a, lot of, a lot of strife in your families. I'm sorry, a lot of problems in your families. Follow Jesus. If parents are discipling children unto the Lord, they will pretty much do a good job. If children are following unto the Lord— they will pretty much be doing a good job and not have a whole lot of problems. Right. Easier said than done in a fallen world, East of Eden. But at the same time, that should be the goal that we are striving towards. If we are not striving towards that goal, Christian, where exactly are we going? <laughs>
1: <laughs> the opposite direction. Yeah, I mean, exactly. it's just you're looking for strife and, and trouble in your life when when you when you remove godliness from your life.
0: Now, stop real quick. Your mileage may vary. Your evaluation needs to be done yourself, but this is important. If you are following something that you think is good, but is not in and of itself godly, what are you doing?
1: Well, you're setting your own standards, for one. I mean, how do you determine whether something's good or not? or bad, um, what moral values are you you basing it on, you know? Well, it makes
0: my kid behave when he's in public. Oh, okay. (laughs) You laugh, but how often as parents do we, how often do we fall into that quick trap? Right. How often do we, you're embarrassing me, or I don't want you to act like that, or you just need to do this, and we don't actually distill these things down to a godly, discipled principle and when we don't do that what we have found is in that moment guess what we just discovered christian we discovered your idol yeah. or kid we discovered your idol either way we've done the work the holy spirit's being he's she's shining a big bright spotlight going hey, hey hey you see that one right there look 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 look, look. that one's got to go mm-hmm. that's the thing you're working on today and we don't like that but at the same token Our goal is to disciple and train in godliness. Our goal is to follow and submit in godliness. If we miss that, this becomes a beating rather than a principle of proper discipleship. Am I making sense so far?
1: That's really good information there. Right, because I know... When I grew up, you know, there was a tendency for in, in my family for mom to be super religious and pull back on the reins and say, basically, do it because I said so. Yeah. Um, and and she, she loved me. She wanted to teach me the right way. But it was like I was being bludgeoned by, the, by a Bible every day.
0: Yeah. You're not getting the, not getting the rationale behind the command. Right. You're only getting the command. Mm-hmm. Now, what happens? What is the law to the unconverted heart? It's merciless. Yeah. It's, it is a beating. It's being used—it's accomplishing everything it's always going to accomplish in that heart of stone, which is just beating the tar out of you. Yeah. But it's yeah, got, instead
1: of it being that law of liberty that James talks exactly. about, you know, it, it's beating you up. Yep. You're
0: not getting the freedom in Christ. Right. You are getting the bondage because all you're really finding out is how much—how bad you are. I got that part. Give me the good news. And that's the thing we always forget. Now, if you forget the principles behind this, that's what ends up happening in both the command and the demand and in the following. It becomes a fear or a concern rather than a love and a respect. And that's what we have to worry about. So we'll continue. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment, with a promise, Mm -hmm. so that it may be well with you and that you may live long on the earth. Well, the dependent clause of verse 3 helps you understand the independent clause of verse 2. Why would you live well and long on the earth? Because God has blessed you. Mm -hmm. Why would God bless you? Because you're his child. Why would you be his child? Because he has redeemed you and changed your heart and you are faithfully following after him and submitting to him in all of your ways. This is why honoring your father and mother is so important, why the promise is attached to it. The assumption is father and mother are discipling unto the Lord so that you are obeying them in the Lord. You follow God by following your parents who are following God. Therefore, God blesses the relationship that he has ordained, because who gave you those parents? Well, God did. Who gave you those kids? (laughs) Remember that mom.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That woman you gave me. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But even Adam was right about that. That woman, I mean, who put her there? Not like Adam went down to Walmart and checked out the wife section and be like, oh, I like that one. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You mean God put her here? That's right. Which is why you should have done a better job (laughs) with everything, but that's a different discussion for another day.
1: That's funny how Walmart is the source of a lot of evils.
0: Well, because it is the source <laughs> of all evil. Did you know that? Yeah,
1: with, with, I'm just specifically <laughs> picking on you because Walmart. Well, represents... Well, who loves
0: Walmart? Really? Isn't isn't Walmart the? Okay, you ready? Yeah. You, you ready to you ready you ready to redeem this pick and actually make an actual theological and and, uh, and spiritual point? Okay. Isn't Walmart the American business poster child of the fake it till you make it Christian? Hmm. So? Starts out with wonderful principles made in the USA, hard work, treat your employees well, you know, good 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 product at a good price and all of that. And the stores were neat and they were clean and it was the one-stop shop that you could always go to, and people loved it. I mean, it was American flags and that stupid rolling yellow face making the prices good. Mm-hmm. And then as they grew and they became comfortable in their life, they've become bloated. And the principles behind their success are cast aside in an effort to make a profit. So now the goods are made somewhere else because they can be made cheaper. And the quality is lessened because that makes it cheaper. And the employees aren't paid as well with the same benefits because that maximizes our profit. And we don't care about the customer because you're replaceable. So the principles have been abandoned because something else has replaced them. (laughs) Good. You like that? You I like, like that. that. Right on the fly. He's pretty sharp today. So this is this coffee over now, there? No, no, that's just, it's just my water okay. that I'm aware of. All right. So now, isn't this what happens, though, in the heart of stone? You come into the church, and you claim the name of Christ, but you don't actually have a changed heart and a renewed mind. What's going to happen over time? The, this is the parable of the soils. The, the concerns of the world, the love of something else, is going to slowly and surely just strangle the vitality out of your life. Mm-hmm. And so you just become Nyeh. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> there's no there there because there was never anything there in the first place so that becomes the concern Right. so this is the, the cure for that is the hope that is found only in Christ and the blessing that is found only in discipleship both of the individual and the next generation because that provides not only the example but the instruction and the encouragement to a faithful community Right, right. Break that relationship, you not only break down the marriage relationship, you break down the family relationship, you then begin to break down the communal relationship, which breaks down the society as a whole. This, wow. this yeah. is why this commandment has such promise. Yeah. The, the, see, here's, a, here's a law of logic, the law of, inv- the law of inverse. In order for a supposition to be true, in order for A to be true, then not A must also be true. So if up is up, that means by definition, down is down. If down is up, then up is not up. Make sense? Right. (laughs) So this is the first commandment with a promise. Do this and it will go well with you in the land. The flip side of that is this is the first commandment with a warning. Don't do this. It will not go well for you in the land. You will not live well and you will not live long.
1: I think we're seeing evidence of that even in our own nation. I mean, it's, it's all over the world, but I mean... In our country, we, we we don't see a lot of a lot of the discipleship leading to right relationships with fathers and children, and and I I think the family I I wonder sometimes how often people sit down have dinner together or crack the Bible open and read scriptures together or pray together. I, I don't I don't know how often that happens outside of you know good. Christian families that are, are, are concerned about discipleship.
0: Well, and the reason they don't happen is because how often does anything like that happen in life in general? Even in the life of believers?
1: Well, so I, I mean, they, they do it with other things. Like, some people, the first thing they do when they get up is they put that phone in their face. Yeah. Or, I mean, and there's lots of other things that people do, but
0: so before I, they, they, but, they pray here's the or See, read that, the Bible. That command to disciple my children becomes a burden. Why? Because I have not done the disciplined work of having a vital spiritual life in myself. I can't impart it to you if I don't have it. Oh, that's so true. But that becomes the breakdown. So what happens is I haven't cultivated a proper relationship in my marriage. Mm. I haven't cultivated a proper relationship with God. I haven't cultivated a submissive relationship to the Holy Spirit. So then when children come along— or neighbors come along, or a church comes along, I can't cultivate that relationship with other people because I have no source. I've lost my foundation because I never built it. Right, you're nominal at best. Exactly. So, No, what's the cure? The cure is to remember that everything is to be offered unto the Lord. Everything, Mm -hmm. not some of it, which is why, again, understanding the principles at play here are more important than just the command. Mm -hmm. Because if you just get the command, children, obey your parents. Okay, yeah, children should follow and do what their parents say. Mm -hmm. But the principle is much more important because when you add that simple little prepositional phrase, in the Lord, that changes the dynamics of the relationship, not just between parent and child, but between parent and parent, between parent and Savior, between parent and society, between everybody. It it becomes a building block and a foundation.
1: Right, and and it's qualified by... In the Lord, that means as you follow Him.
0: hmm Right. Now, our last verse is here. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. In other words, it's a bookend. That's all that is. That's just a simple bookend on what are you supposed to be doing. You're not supposed to be annoying the tar out of your children. You're not supposed to be using them as slave labor. You're supposed to be disciplining and discipling them. Why? Because what are you supposed to be doing with you? Same thing. It's your freedom that Christ has set you free. Freedom to do what? To no longer be a slave to sin, to no longer have to fear or worry about the corruption and degradation of your flesh and mind, but to be restored and renewed so that you can rejoice and celebrate in all that God has given you. This is what godly families are supposed to look like. Right. Now, why do I make that statement? Because, as you pointed out, how many of our families look like this? Uh,
1: man, I—I I, I mean, well, before I started getting really serious about what I professed as my faith, I mean, I—I I admit I was—I was not discipling my children or my grandchildren for that matter. Um, and so I was doing—you know—I was calling myself a, a believer, but I didn't walk like one. So. I imagine there's a lot of people out there that are, that are just like me.
0: Oh, and, and even, if you are, even if you are endeavoring and working, mm-hmm. don't let this be a beating. We all fail and fall short in many ways. Absolutely. None of us are perfect. i are not going to make the argument that we are. Right. But at the same token, this is the work that the Holy Spirit is actively doing. Right. Don't fear. Do not—again, we'll go back to Galatians. Do not grow weary in doing good. Right. Just because you're not perfect— does not mean you should be worn down and beaten down by the good works you are endeavoring to accomplish. But recognize that it is God who strengthens, God who provides, and God who will carry you through as you continue to walk in him. So you keep up the good fight. You fight the good fight. Keep the faith. Run the race to completion. This is why Paul uses all of, these, all of this terminology and all of these examples, because this is your encouragement to continue in the fight and to do these things. As you do them, the blessing and promise from the Holy Spirit is that God blesses his people because they're his people. How do you know you're his people? Because I'm trying. Case my, I'm, I'm trying. That, that's how you know. I'm trying. If you weren't his, you wouldn't try because you wouldn't care. Right. You would just do whatever you want to do. Now, that becomes the foundation and standard upon which you build a family. Right. Not perfection not looking like, you know, an episode of The Waltons for everybody to see, mm-hmm. but we're trying. I'm trying. My spouse is trying. My kids are trying. We're all trying because that's how we're carried along. Now, let's contrast that with the, the most frightening vision of the family I have ever seen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was so shocked as I was reading this. Is, this. this is a few months old, and I am going to comfort myself with the thought that this is um, – what's the word? It just went right out of my head. That this is satirical in nature. I'm hoping that this is taking the world's ideas and carrying them to their logical conclusion. I'm just going to tell myself that that's what's going on here. Either way, if it's not – well then they actually believe this, which, again, is not a shock, because this is the logical conclusion of their ideas. And if it is, it does an excellent job of pilloring the world, pilloring of the world, based upon its own standard, which I'm, I'm always in favor of. So, you ready? Okay. If California is ever going to achieve true equity, the state must require parents to give away their children. <laughs> now, depending on the day, I might be listening, but... <laughs> <laughs>
1: couple minutes away
0: <laughs> yeah. depending on the day i'm listening i'm not convinced yet but i'm listening today's californians often hold up equity the idea of a just society completely free from bias is our greatest value time out he's not wrong in that statement <laughs> that statement is your problem christian what was your foundation for your family is it perfection is it looking like some sort of red-headed stepchild of the waltons and the brady bunch is that what your family is supposed to be? No. What's your standard? We're trying. Mm. We're trying.
1: Well, I, I, our standard is the word of God.
0: Oh, I know. But, what, but when, I, when I say my standard, I mean, what's my standard for evaluating my, for evaluating my life? I'm trying. Right. I am warring against that sin. Mm. I am warring against that sin in my kids. I am warring against the idolatry of the world. I'm trying. Right. Now, that becomes right. important because the idea of a just society completely free from bias— will never occur,
1: ever. I mean, how could you even, even the person that wrote this has a bias. How do you get rid of your own opinion?
0: Short of Revelation 21, Mm -hmm. this will never occur. Right, right. Ever. Right. Now, now, why does that, why is that so important? Because the world, here's what they do, you ready? The world presents you with an unattainable standard. And then executes you constantly for failing to meet it.
1: Yeah, but their but their standards are ever changing. They're capricious in nature.
0: Well, because they're perfect in their eyes. Their eyes. Well, in their eyes, right. that's They're I mean. the yeah. standard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This they 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 are. This is the Peter Gabriel standard in your eyes. Oh boy. <laughs> Which I really don't like that song because it's got a it's got a high pitched chime in it that absolutely drives me nuts, and it plays almost the entirety of the song. Okay. You have to go back and listen to it. There's this little, there's this, the bass line has a, has a ringing chime. It drives me absolutely insane. Okay.
1: Yeah. I'm going to try I'm going to go back and listen to it now and I'm probably be like, <laughs> he's right.
0: Yeah. And you'll never be able to listen to it again. You're welcome. So the, the, uh, their standard is forever moving because it is perfection. And the minute you find anything close to that, they just move the standard away. There's no redemption in the world system because there is no grace. There is no mercy because there is no God. So this is their ideal. From the very beginning, though, the ideal is broken. I want, to, I want to show you that because, again, if you only see the commands of Ephesians 6 and you miss the foundation principles that are behind it, you can't rightly, under, you can't rightly argue against the foundations of the enemy. I don't want to argue with their ideas. I want to argue with their foundations because our, our battle is not against flesh and blood. The author of this idiotic piece is not my enemy the power behind him is. Right, and, and this
1: I, is not new. Oh my, and oh I my undo, goodness, Hitler but I undo the same that, thing.
0: Oh, I know. But I undo that power, not by arguing against the particulars, mm-hmm. but by arguing against the foundations and then replacing them with godly foundations through yeah, gospel proclamation. the weapons of our warfare are not carnal Amen. Yeah. So, Governor Gavin Newsom says he makes decisions through an, an equity lens. Institutions from dance ensembles to tech companies have publicly pledged themselves to equity, along with diversity and inclusion. Aren't we so amazing?
1: I mean, they throw these terms out.
0: I know. Fathers and mothers with greater wealth, education, or other resources are more likely to transfer these advantages to their children, compounding privilege over generations. I love that. As a result, children of less advantaged parents. I need that, that Sarah McLaughlin song in the background that they play in all that SPCA commercials, you know? We need the sad sappy in the arms of... An Alright, so I need you, if you're listening, to sing that in the back Hum that while I read this part, okay? Yeah. As a result, children of less advantaged parents face an uphill struggle. Social mobility has stalled, and democracy has been corrupted for less than the cup of a coffee, for less than the price of a cup of coffee a day. Now, <laughs> that's not in there, but this is. My solution is simple, and while we wait for the legislation to pass, we can act now. The rich should give their children to the poor, and the poor should give their children to the rich. Homeowners might swap children with their homeless neighbors. <laughs> uh, we know, are the world. This would be funny if it weren't serious. Give me your children.
1: <laughs> Johnny, get outside.
0: You belong to them now. <laughs> I mean, At what age should this swap be made? I think for maximum effect, it should be done around like the age of five.
1: What does he mention in here? I oh.
0: think <laughs> he's got it. Um, I, I yeah, love... Yeah, five and younger. Yeah, I, I love this. Um, now I recognize that some naysayers hopelessly attached to their privilege. <laughs> See, that's why this has got to be satire. That line cannot be delivered with a straight face. It can't be done. Well,
1: I found the article online, and the guy did not look like he was doing
0: comedy. I know, but I can't even read that with a straight face. There's no way he wrote it with a straight face hopelessly attached to their privilege will dismiss such a policy as ghastly even totalitarian no who would think that the state forcibly constantly con- con- confiscating that's the word i want forcibly confiscating my children could possibly be seen as totalitarian who would ever believe such a thing <laughs> you kidder mm-hmm. but my proposal is quite modest a fusion <laughs> A fusion of traditional philosophy and today's most common political obsessions. See, that can't be a legitimate sentence. That can't be. I don't know. How do you fuse traditional philosophy and common sense political obsession? See, this has to be a satire. It has to be. I need this to be satire. <laughs> I'm going gonna,
1: I'm gonna to email the, uh, the author of this article and find okay, out. So here's his
0: proof. In his Republic, Plato adopted Socrates' sage advice that children be possessed in common so that no parent will know his own offspring or any child his parents in order to defeat nepotism, prevent the, mass, the amassing of great fortunes, and create citizens loyal not to their sons but to society. To replace parents, Plato offered now familiar ideas from compulsory education to a millennia before Newsom's conception to college agenda, health regimes for pregnant women and children age five and younger. Now, keep in mind, we have all this. We have compulsory education and we have health care for pregnant women and children five and under. Mm -hmm. Keep in mind that these were suggestions meant to rip the family from a mooring of itself and replace it with a mooring that attaches it to the state. In other words, the government that forgets God seeks to become God. Mm-hmm. Or in Plato's case, the government that never knew God seeks to be God. Now, again, Christian, what's your standard? What you're living for and why do you do the voodoo that you do? Because if you don't have these answers, if you're, if you're not working, if you're not trying these things, if you are not at war against sin and actively trying to root it out in your life, this is what you're following. This is the surrender you are already undertaking. And again, and look, quick aside before you think it, send your kids to school. I'm not that guy. I'm not arguing with you. I homeschool my kids. I get it if you don't. I'm not going to call you the bad guy, and I wouldn't expect you to call me the bad guy in this. You make decisions for your family, but, 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 please make decisions for your family in light of what? Godliness. How do we serve God in this endeavor? How do I send my kids to public schools for the glory of God? How do I homeschool my kids to the glory of God? How do I send my kids to private school for the glory of God? How do I operate in this co-op to the glory of God? Always, always, always come back to that foundation. Because if you don't, the drift is real and it will pull you faster than you realize.
1: Yeah, for sure. And, And, you know... The only inoculation that I see is is completely immersing yourself in the discipleship, not just on one weekend day that you go, you sing a couple of songs, you you listen to the pastor uh, uh, talk about you know things like we're talking about today. It has to be an everyday thing. You can't effectively protect your family from the indoctrination that's out there right now, if you're not on a daily basis engaging in some form of discipleship.
0: I read ahead. You did. I know you did. The left's introduction of anti-racism and gender identity in schools faces a bitter backlash from parents. Yeah, you think? Hmm. You know why? Because they're my kids and they're not your kids. They want to indoctrinate your children. Ending parenthood. (laughs) Ending parenthood. Would create? I'm sorry. Would end the backlash, helping dismantle white supremacy and outdated gender norms. See, these pesky parents keep getting in the way of what we want to do.
1: You know what we need to do? Oh, uh, I'm a white supremacist because I want I want to take care of my own children. We yeah, just need to them. get
0: rid of parenthood altogether, yeah. and then you- see if there's no parents, then there's no parents to complain. See, parents are only complaining because parents exist. Right, right. If they didn't exist, then yeah, right. The way to get rid of the complaint is to just get rid of the parents. This is awesome. Yeah, this, guy's... this is awesome. This guy's... Perhaps, perhaps, I love this word, perhaps such coercion seems dystopian. <laughs> you think? <laughs> I mean, he calls it coercion. <laughs> Co- oh, but just imagine the solidarity. Oh, hang on. We need to have taps or something in the background. We need something soaring. You know, like that Gloria Estefan song from the 92 Olympics? If I could reach higher. So hum that in your mind while I read this next part. <laughs> but just imagine the solidarity that universal orphanhood would create.
1: Oh my goodness, I, I can't even believe a person is talking like this. I mean, it's like, where's this guy from? Mars?
0: Wouldn't children raised in one system find it easier to collaborate on climate change and other global problems?
1: I, I don't. <laughs> have, you, have you ever known somebody who was orphaned?
0: Yes, I, my I, my wife actually her two youngest brothers are adopted.
1: Okay, it, it, you know anybody that knows somebody that that has lived through that, and you talk to them and they're honest with you, they always wonder, you know, who's my parents? Why did they, why did they get rid of me? Or you know, if it was something horrible like an accident, I guess they would understand that right off bat. But. You know, well, that's what
0: you do. There's the, see, there's the solution. Right. You, just, you just orphan all the kids, and when they ask what happened to your parents, they die in a car crash. Oh, <laughs> We'll just tell everybody their parents I died. I mean, but
1: it's one of the most painful parts of their life. I, I mean, I knew a kid whose mom was a, a drug addict, and they, they, the state had to take the child away and give it to another family member, and he was raised in a loving, caring family, but, but he's been mad since the day... He was born.
0: It's called reactive attachment disorder that even kids raised in good situations and good good, uh, stables... uh, This this, this does not
1: based on reality. Now, why?
0: Why, 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 why? This is why, don't just hit the commands, but let's dig down to the principles and the foundations that are underneath. The why is so important. Am I hearing my own voice? Yeah, somebody's listening to one of our old podcasts (laughs) while we're doing this podcast in the other room. yeah. Yeah, That's weird. That's weird. That's, <laughs> That's weird. Yeah. Don't listen to me while I'm talking. <laughs> so what am, what am I getting at, though, when I talk about the principles behind this? Okay, what are they attacking? They're attacking the idea that those children belong to you, and you are to raise them how you see fit. Now, why is that a thing? Why do parents think that their children belong to them to be raised how parents see fit?
1: I mean, this is pretty straightforward. I it mean, is
0: because that's how God ordained his creation. Yeah, I was say, <laughs> but that's not thing now. Children are the heritage of the Lord Now and... realize the war that's being fought. This is not a war against parenting. This is not a war for society. This is ultimately an argument against God. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Now what's your cure Christian? You can't win. Now, look I have to die on the hill that this is satirical, just trying to point out the, the vapidity of the progressive mindset in the world. I have to believe that. But if it is not, you're not going to argue with these people right. about the outcomes of their policies. You're going to have to change the heart and mind, which means you're going to have to attack the foundation upon which they stand. Shake the girders that they stand upon, and then rebuild them with gospel proclamation.
1: Well, they're, they're, their foundations are built on oh, yeah. the sand. So, yeah, we need to attack their foundation and, and watch them crumble.
0: And then, but again, being prepared to replace it with an actual biblical understanding. Right. Now, what is that, what's the best way to do that, Christian? Walk the walk. Mm-hmm. Be imitators of Paul as he imitates Christ. Have children be imitators of you because you are imitators of christ to do anything less is to forsake the foundation that god has built and to drift into the foundation that they have presented because i'm serious without god take god out of the equation so all right here we go um you have cleansed your brain you know you now live in a world that there is no creation there is just you know that self-generating universe trumpet thing that the that the evolutionists provide you Okay? okay okay why is what he's presenting a bad idea other than you just don't like it because there's you have an emotional connection to your child. Evolutionarily, you shouldn't have an emotional connection to your child. The only reason you have mo- an emotional connection to your child according to evolution is so that you will provide it so it will grow up. Well, we're meeting that need. You don't have to fear. So your emotions need to be seared because the thing that your emotions are protecting you from is not a reality. What do we call you being afraid of things that don't exist? <laughs> Mm-hmm. that's an irrational function. You don't make decisions like that. I'm not afraid of the boogeyman because there is no boogeyman. So you're the reason why evolutionarily you have an emotional attachment to your child is so that you will care for that child so that the species will be propagated. But if we are stepping in to care for that child, then that fear has been cured. So get over yourself and hand over your kids. And I'm, I'm, I know that sounds a little cold, but I'm serious. Without God in the picture, what's the argument against this?
1: There is no argument without God.
0: That's my point. Right. So Christian, why, what are you building your life around? Because if you're building your life around something else and you're building any part of your life around something else, what are you building on? And this becomes the question. You don't have any grounds to argue. You don't have any foundation upon which to stand and fire the cannons because you have drifted. Now again, what do you do? Repent, return, believe. Because for that too, Christ died. Because again, what's your standard? I'm trying. My standard becomes something as simple as, I'm trying. Well, why are you trying? What do you mean you're trying? I'm trying every day. I'm warring against my sin. Why? Because the Holy Spirit has redeemed me. Why? Because God has loved me. Why? Because Christ has died for me. So while I'm not perfect, I am persevering. Why? Because God has not forgotten me and God is carrying me along. Therefore, no. What do you mean no? No, you don't get my kids. Why not? Because God gave them to me. And I have a responsibility unto the Lord as to how I raise them, how I disciple them. Just as I have a responsibility unto the Lord as to how I disciple myself and live my life. Therefore, no. In other words, I've been able to get back to my primary understandings built upon God in moving forward. Now, do you understand why principles are so important when reading your Bible?
1: (laughs) Well, biblical principles are invaluable.
0: Did we miss anything? I don't think so. All right. So what have we learned here today, children? I should have had this one in there. You know what? We're going to have four today. Learn your biblical principles. (laughs) There you go. Creation exists to serve God, not anybody else. Without God, our society is doomed. And apart from Christ, our brokenness is all-consuming. Yeah. Because this is what this looks like in the world each and every day. So what do you do, Christian? Well... You repent of your sins, you walk faithfully, you know that God has carried you this far and God will bring you home. And as the insanity of a pagan worldview continues to build itself, be prepared to war against it, not with logic, not with rhetoric, but with Christ, because that's where the fight needs to be had. Anything else? Nope. All right. Until we meet again, read your Bibles. It'll do you good. Bye.